Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk podcast. My name is Dapper Dan Gavostin, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which I will continue to say definitely count. This week, I've traveled to Ashland, Ohio to shoot a horror film that I hope to turn into a feature someday. I've got a big crew and a lot of things to juggle, but I was also lucky enough to see Spider-Man No Way Home before just about anybody else on the planet. Mark and I will be delivering our spoiler-filled review of the movie sometime next week, but I wanted to give you some of my thoughts before the movie released, completely free of spoilers, in a conversation that I had with my friend David Chen, one of my frequent collaborators talking about all things Marvel. David walked out of the film and knew he wanted to chat with me, so we hopped on Twitter spaces and had a conversation. Except here's the thing. I was in a busy airport when he called, and so the audio recording isn't exactly perfect. But it was a fun conversation and kind of got into a little bit of my insights about my initial feelings upon seeing No Way Home for the first time. I hope you love the film when you see it this weekend, as many of you will be. And maybe you love it even more than I do. My thoughts are complicated, and I have a lot to say about the MCU interpretation of Spider-Man. You may agree with me. You may not. It's just my opinion, and I hope you enjoy it. In the meantime, I've got to go back to shooting this horror film, and I'll catch you next week when we do our full-on review of the movie. I'll also be discussing it on the Filmcast podcast with David again in more detail, as we allude to here. And if you look in The Hollywood Reporter this weekend, I'll have my full article of all the Easter eggs and references hidden in the film. I hope check it out, and you'll enjoy. Hey, man. Hey. Which airport are you in right now? I am uh, in uh, Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, McCarran, right? Uh, yep. Cool. Yeah. You can play some slots while you're there. <laughs> I could, yes. But uh, I'm not much of a gambler. So... Uh, you, you say that, and yet you're about to go make a short film, which is the ultimate game. It is true, but it's not with my money, so um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's a key factor. So, non-spoiler reactions on No Way Home. I really loved it, and I, I, I am kind of curious. Like, I think your reaction is a little bit more muted than mine. Yeah. And I'm yeah. curious, like, you know, you're you're obviously much more closer to the character than me, right? Um, being that you have a multi-year podcast covering Spider-Man. I do, yes. Almost a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my response is more muted. I still liked it. I mean, I think it's tough because uh, I think the worst thing that could have happened for this movie is um, the Across the Spider-Verse trailer came out like a week before it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it. I didn't it's see it. just like, uh, how do you do the Spider Verse thing, or really any Spider Man thing, and make it feel as alive and exciting as the Into the Spider Verse movie? Like it just kind of showed what these kind of stories could be. I think visually and narratively, and it's it's unfair to compare anything. I mean, it's not unfair to compare anything to anything, but like something so transcendent, I think, as 
uh, into the Spider Verse, but it's kind of like I feel like this movie had a little bit of its cake eaten by that series, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I'm I think I'm just mixed on the MCU Spidey endeavor altogether, which is to say, like anytime I see one of these characters translated to film. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that the kind of like raw essence of the character is like still remains, however you adapt it. And I feel like that's wavered in the MCU interpretation. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like you're like pretty unsatisfied with the Tom Holland rendition of Spider-Man. Is that accurate? Um, I guess it's not. It's or or maybe moderately satisfied, but like not super. Yeah, excited it goes for... it goes up and down. Like Homecoming worked for me because it like was doing something new, and it wasn't really focusing on the the guilt element. But I I think over time, you begin to question like who is this character and what motivates him, and I really don't know that I understand Spider Man without the guilt element as an essential part baked in. So in Spider-Man Homecoming, isn't, I forget, in Spider-Man Homecoming, is it explained that Uncle Ben is dead? I mean, there's an implication in Civil War. Like he says, like someone once told me that if we have the power to do something, you know, um, and then... Then you can't not not do things, Right, yeah. (laughs) It's like, how do we say this without actually saying it? And it's like, okay. And, like, the Uncle Ben erasure is real. Like, especially in No Way Home. And I won't go into the details of that, obviously. But, like, um... But but I think I think it is fair to say that Uncle Ben has played a much smaller role in this latest trilogy. Yeah, right? th- there's a moment in um, in um, Far From Home that I find really interesting. You know, everybody commented on the Uncle Ben suitcase um, in that movie. I'm not sure if you remember that. There's like a suitcase with like Ben's initials on it that Peter carries around. Mm-hmm. He takes it mm-hmm. to Europe with him, and it gets blown up in the, the Mysterio battle and they make they go to great pains to show it like getting lost at the end of the movie when Aunt May comes to pick him up from the airport she's like hey where's your suitcase and he says something like oh I didn't need it anymore and she's like wow and she's like, yeah okay. and I completely forgot I completely it's not even that I forgot about it it's that I literally as you're saying it don't remember it yeah yeah Exactly. And that's their intent, I think. And to, to me, that's just like fundamental. And I won't get into the details of No Way Home, but I, I, what I respect about No Way Home is I think in this movie, we finally settle on, okay, we now know like what drives this character and how he is like spider-man um i was on a podcast the other day and they asked me what makes for a good spider-man movie and my answer to that is the same as like what makes a good spider-man story which is it's about someone that has two bad choices and they have to choose one of them despite all of their good intentions and that's a good spider-man story and i feel like this movie is the first one of the trilogy to really do that 
Um, and so I respect it a lot for that reason. This, this is this is fascinating to me because I think that I think you're right that the latest trilogy of Spider-Man films has not done as much work in explaining Spider-Man's motivations and his guilt and what drives him to do good, right? Like, I agree with that. But I guess for me, that's never been a problem because I just kind of... We've had so many years and portrayals of Spider-Man over the years, um, not to mention his presence in, this, in the, the Avengers movies, right? That... I felt like it was enough for me to go on. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I never felt like for me, I was like, we're, I, I wasn't like, there's a gaping hole here where Spider-Man's motivations go. And I don't know what they are. Like, I, I feel like I have enough from the movies to like get a sense of who he is and what drives him. And it's fascinating to me that you, somebody who literally studies Spider-Man as a significant part of your life, didn't feel that way. Right. I guess maybe because you're more keenly attuned to like the nuances of each edition of Spider-Man. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a certain, like, a part of me that can, like, kind of, like, you know, like, look the other way and, and go with it. Like, I don't know that I need it spelled out, but, like, well, I mean, first of all, I saw them redo the story in the Andrew Garfield ones and horribly botch it, right? Like, it, like they just did not understand the story that they were telling. Um, I don't know if you've seen this um, deleted scene from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, but there's this amazing scene that like one, I can't believe isn't in the movie and two, like tells you everything you need to know about the people making those movies where, um, Andrew Garfield is standing over Gwen Stacy's grave and, uh, his father, Richard Parker, like walks up out of nowhere, uh, back from the dead. And he like goes over to, you know, Spider-Man or Peter Parker, and he and he like is like I'm sorry I've been gone, I wanted to keep you safe so I left you with your aunt and uncle and you know uh, I couldn't be in part of your life, and then he delivers to Peter the great power great responsibility line. Wow! Yeah, and they cut it out of the movie, and if you think about those movies, it like kind of weirdly makes sense. Like, at the end of the first movie, Captain Stacy tells Peter, don't get involved, don't bring Gwen into this. And at the end of the movie, Peter says, uh, promises are meant to be broken. And you're like, and you're like <laughs> what an asshole. Like, why should I like this guy? And then he loses Gwen. She dies. Right? And that's supposed to be the lesson, right? Because those movies didn't care about the Uncle Ben story. They, like, never even bothered to have him chase after the burglar. It was just, like, something that happened, right? So mm -hmm. then they decided, okay, well, we have to do, we have to bring in the guilt element. Like, how do we bring in the guilt element? Well, we'll make Gwen the new Uncle Ben, and we'll have Richard Parker show up and have him deliver the line. And it's all a part of this, like, this desire to, like, I think, move past the Uncle Ben story that then just stretches its origins out endlessly because I think you just need to have that guilty element. It has to feel real for each of the characters. Yes, we've seen it a million times, but unless you experience it with that person, I feel like it will never truly work. At least that's my opinion. That's that is fascinating. I completely disagree. I mean, I remember when I was watching Joker, the Todd Phillips movie, you know, 
I remember thinking to myself, I've spent enough time in my life watching Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered. Yeah. Like, I've I've probably spent, I'm not joking, <laughs> probably a good, probably a good 40 minutes of my life watching Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, Dan, that's enough, that's enough minutes of my life on the Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered. I don't need to, I don't need any more. But you've only anymore. seen the Uncle Ben thing get pulled off once successfully. <laughs> and that to me is enough is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, look, Sam Raimi's version of it is brilliant because he does the one thing that none of the other filmmakers got, which is he makes you guilty and uncle ben's death because when peter is leaving after you know his dealings with um bone saw and uh he goes to the like bookie or whatever and he's like give me my money and the guy's like no and then the burglar goes running by him and he can stop him and he says not my problem everybody in the audience is like yeah yeah, like, yeah. that guy. He got what he deserved. Yeah. So that when Ben yeah. dies, you feel bad, right? Because you're a part of it. Yeah. And I think that just forever, like, latches you onto that character so that even when they did the sequels, they have those scenes with, like, Cliff Robertson and Tobey Maguire in the car in that kind of, like, phantom zone. Um, and uh-huh. I don't know. I always found those scenes like when he says, "Like I'm not going to be Spider-Man anymore," it's like heartbreaking because you know we've all been there. Because you, you're it, it, we're talking about Raimi's original yeah. Spider-Man trilogy, yeah. and you're saying the emotional truth of Spider-Man and Uncle Ben and why he became Spider-Man is so vividly realized. Yeah, that when he quits being Spider-Man in Spider-Man Two, it hits you a lot. Well, hard. because we've all been there in our lives, which is to say, like we have some kind of principles that we you know, claim to stand up for. And it's, we're always, it was like, well, it would be easier to just not follow those, you know? And that's kind of like the core moral, you know, idea behind Spider-Man, who is like, the reason my show covers him, it's not like, I mean, I love Spider-Man stories, but the idea, he's a larger than life character. He's an icon, you know, like, the into the spider verse gets it right which is like he's a serial he's a whatever but there's a reason because there's an idea there and the idea is that like we're all held to a higher calling even though it makes our lives so much more difficult right and i just don't know that that was like really a part of mcu spider-man like yeah he tried to do good but i never felt like he was there was something calling him to do good that was like a step above, right? In the first one, in Homecoming, it works because he wants to be an Avenger, which isn't really a higher calling, but it's really a commentary on like what it means to be a teenager, which is to say all teenagers want to go, they're always thinking about the future, they don't want to be where they're at at present. And the, the Tony Stark thing represents like all of that. But Far From Home for me was such a misstep because I don't feel like it had that kind of moral principle. But I think this one really gets it. I just think it kind of gets distracted in the third act. I, don't, I mean, 
this is all to say, like, I like this new movie a lot. It does a lot right for the character of Spider-Man. It, but it's also a little bit regressive and obsessed with nostalgia, but it's a whole other spoilery conversation. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is that the movie's pretty good, in your opinion, but that what you were looking for was for this trilogy as a whole to kind of deliver on the concept of Spider-Man that you feel like this movie only started to do, basically. Yeah, I feel like with this movie, we're finally done with the origin story. Um, which is funny because I think the whole idea was to like skip past Uncle Ben so that you could avoid telling the origin story again. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I that's that is what I assumed about this version of Spider-Man that we saw starting in Civil War is we we don't need the origin story. The origin story is over. Yeah. Like that that was my interpretation of what this rendition of Spider-Man was trying to do. Right, but as people will come to find when they watch this new one, they'll realize in more detail what we're talking about. This truly is, I mean, I don't know, David, if you agree with me, this does really feel like, to me, the origin story of Spider-Man in this movie. I partially agree. I partially agree. That's what I would say. I mean, for, like... The, the, like, and I'm not going to say what it is, but like when the credits rolled on this movie, I was like, great, now we can get real Spider-Man movies. <laughs> um, I don't know if I feel the same way. I don't know if I feel the same way. Well, I'm eager to talk about but... it on the film cast this week uh, when we, when we yeah. drop that spoiler wall. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my, my feelings about it are obviously complicated. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, I have a lot to say, not just about like, oh, the mythos of Spider-Man, but, you know, there's stuff to say about the filmmaking and, you know, pacing and things like that. I mean, it's a two and a half hour movie. Uh, I think it's a bit bloated, David. I don't know if you agree with that at all. I I completely disagree okay i think that this is the first two and a half hour movie that i've seen where i like wanted or not the first but like we've seen a lot of two and a half hour long movies recently you know like um eternals and no time to die and i mean basically like it feels like every movie i've reviewed this fall has been two and a half hours long and this is one of the few where I was like, I could have, it could have been longer, in my opinion. Could have been, oh, could have yeah, been another 30 yeah. minutes longer. Um, I wish I could get into my main complaint, but it, 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 yeah. like, it is so just like baked into a very core spoiler in this film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll take it offline then. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah. One, one, of the, yeah. one of the last but, things I want to say before I have to go to get, because I'm waiting in line to get on a plane. Um, uh, is um, one of the things that has shocked me about this movie is how little of the Sony-verse is in this movie. Uh, it's like, I thought for sure that Sony, after the success of Venom, would exact more justice, uh, so to speak. And like... My, 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 understanding, my understanding is that like, Marvel has ba- almost complete creative control over this film. Is my I, sense. It, to me, it seems like Marvel holds all of the cards, which I, I did yeah. not think was the case. It makes me think that, like, Kevin Feige is the shrewdest 
uh, political player in all of all time. Like, yeah. So, so, but, but going back to the original point that I was making, I, I do think like it is a huge accomplishment in film production that this movie was for made. Sure. Not even in film direction, although there are some really nice elements there as well. But like just as a as a act of film production, it's really impressive what they accomplished here. Uh, yeah, so. absolutely. I think my feelings on the film will evolve over time. Um, but again, I am eager to talk about some of the spoilery stuff with you that kind of wrinkles me a little bit. Um, but but I have to admit, the final moment of the film brought me such joy that. Um, yeah, that I'm sure actually there's going to be people that they really hate the final moments of this movie. Um, well, more more to discuss, but in any case, uh, I'm, I'm glad you kind of liked it. I loved it. Um, I've shared my thoughts on YouTube and TikTok already and also posted a lengthy review on my Patreon page. But you can listen to me and Dan Gvozdin from the Amazing Spider Talk podcast discuss Spider-Man No Way Home in detail on the filmcast next week. I'm looking forward to it, David. Safe travel. Thank you.